0: Judaism, as we know, values family. We are Mishpacha, a tribe, and a people continuing to practice an ancient religion because it's been passed down, L'Dor Vador, for almost 5,780 years. Am Yisrael Chai. Jewish parents name their children after relatives in hopes that they will receive their best attributes and preserve their legacy. When someone dies in our tradition, we get this line of comfort may their memory be a blessing it is through remembering that the jewish soul lives on this is the job of the living to remember we will never forget a few years ago disney pixar made a movie called coco which is based on the mexican holiday the day of the dead dia de los muertos In this movie, Miguel, a young aspiring musician, learns about his ancestors by entering the land of the dead. In the land of the dead, he meets his deceased family members who teach him that only through memory will they continue to live on. If they are forgotten, they literally fade away and cease to exist. This movie, for me, is deeply connected to this week's Torah portion, Pinchas. And I want to focus on one short story that is often overlooked. I would venture to guess that 95% of Jews have never even heard of this story. And this story highlights so many of the core values that we are in desperate need of today. Has anyone here heard of Salaf Oh, yeah. Well, we have some plants in here. <laughs> but I, like I said, 95%. <laughs> So, someone here, a few people have heard of Salafachad and his daughters. Elaine, if I knew you were coming, I would have changed this. <laughs> good, oh good, we got two people who know it really well. Uh, so, Salafachad, try saying that three times fast. Salafachad, this guy's name was Uh The children of Israel, let me give you a little background. The children of Israel are finally going to settle in the land of Canaan. God commands Moses to count all of the men in order to divide the land among the tribes. Those who receive land will pass it down with door door from generation to generation. Now for a people who've either been slaves or wanderers, imagine the miracle of being given a gift of permanence, something that they can pass on. So after Moses finishes the census, something exceptional happens we get six new biblical characters that have never been mentioned before, and five of the six of them are women. The Torah is talking about women for a change. And not only do they talk about the women, but the women are named, which is very unusual for minor women characters. In Numbers chapter 27, verse 1, we read, Then the five daughters of Tzalafchad, Draw near to Moses and Eleazar the priest and all the princes and the entire congregation of Israel at the tent of meeting. The Torah refers to these women first by their connection to their fathers and grandfathers and then names them. Then draw nearer the daughters of Tzalafchad, the son of Hefer, the son of Gilad, the son of Machir, the son of Menasheh, and the son of Joseph. So before we even learn their names, we still haven't heard their names yet, which I'll get to in a minute, the Torah wants us to know that these girls are the great, great, great granddaughters of Menashe and the great, 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 great granddaughters of Joseph. So you might remember that all Jewish children are blessed on Friday nights and they're blessed to be like, and Ephraim, Ephraim and Menashe, exactly. And then after we learn that information, so maybe the Torah is trying to tell us this is these ladies are important, uh, we then learn their names. Their names are Machla, Noah, Chogla, Milka, and Tirza. These women, these brave daughters, speak to Moses saying, our father died in the wilderness of his own sin. He has no sons. Why should the name of our father and family vanish? Can you give us the land instead? I'm going to read it one more time just so we really take it in. Our father died in the wilderness of his own sin. He had no sons. Why should the name of our family and our father vanish? Can you give us the land instead? Not only do these daughters command the attention of Moses, but also of God. Moses brings their case before God. krev Moshe et Mishpatav lifnei Aronai. God ultimately agrees with Salafahad's daughters. Finally, in the Torah, we have a pro-feminist God. This is a big win for the women's lib movement of antiquity. The first word out of God's mouth is Cain. Yes, they're right. And God grants them the same inheritance that they would have received if they were the sons. Now, this is my favorite part of the story. This isn't just a one-off reserved for these daughters in this particular case. God then makes a declaration to the children of Israel that grants the same benefit to any daughter in the same situation. This is a rare biblical instance when the people win and justice is served. It's remarkable that in 11 verses, this story is only 11 verses, it's a really tiny part of the Torah, that these daughters of Salafahad, can teach us how to live according to Jewish values. Number one, they teach us how to be the change. These women are willing and, and not even scared to stand in front of an entire community and to ask for what they believe is right. They don't care about the consequences. They model selflessness by acting only to preserve their father's memory. Now, this is a timely message. for We are living in a time when we need to speak up and take, na- take action. We cannot wait for someone else. Number two, they remind us to lift up the women characters in the Torah. We often talk about those characters who reappear, Sarah, Rachel, Rebecca, Leah, Miriam. We need to learn to educate ourselves on the stories of the other women in the Torah who might only get a few verses, Shifra, Pua, Dina, Devorah, Vatsheva, to name a few. So if you don't know some of those names, go home this weekend and Google them and learn some of those stories. Value number three, the daughters show us that our tradition can evolve. Rabbi Stephen Kushner Kushner writes, the story of Tzalafahad's daughters presents the religion of Moses as a work in progress. Their case is one that God has not considered. The daughters of Tzalafahad affect a reform, an adaptation of the halakha, or law, as dictated by shifting realities. More than simply seeking clarification, they bring about change. That's what Reformed Judaism is. That's what it is when it's actually practiced with intention and knowledge. We must adapt and evolve our laws, traditions, and rituals in ways that are meaningful and relevant to our lives. So if you ever meet a traditional Jew who says to you, Reformed Judaism, that's not traditional, you can point them to this story and say to them, look, God adapted the laws in the story of Tzalaf Khad's daughters. We are an evolving tradition. At Temple Isaiah, we see ourselves as the home at the intersection of tradition and innovation. Salaf daughters were not afraid to present innovative ideas to the ultimate authority of God. Finally, The daughters teach us that above all other values, the most important is family. These women were acting first and foremost as daughters. They just wanted to preserve their father's legacy. They pleaded with Moses, let not our father's name be lost to his clan. They bravely not only preserve the memory of their father, but they create their own legacy, a legacy that now 100% of you know and can pass on. This legacy has and will continue to inspire all of us from generation to generation. I want to invite you to repeat after me. We remember you, Mahla. We remember you, Noah. We remember you, Hogla. We remember you, Milka. We remember you, Tirzah. May their memories be a blessing.